This is the Whole Care Network. Helping you tell your story one podcast at a time. Content presented in the following podcast is for information purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the host and guest and may not represent the views and opinions of the Whole Care Network. Always consult with your physician for any medical advice and always consult with your attorney for any legal advice. And thank you for listening to the Whole Care Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Caregiver Chronicles. My name is Sarah, and I'm here with my husband, Jeremy. Hello. And today we would like to speak to you guys about um, just some numbers. Autism by the numbers is what we're going to call this episode. And um, we're going to shout out some more facts and statistics. Um, Not all of these are exactly what the statistics are as of exact this moment today. But they're, well, I believe they're from 2019. Um, So some of these numbers could have changed. I know that the pandemic made it difficult to get some of these numbers as well. But yeah, so we have we have our stats. And I know we've talked about every year, um, we've discussed how there one in fifty four children are diagnosed with autism. Yep. Every year. Yeah. Um that number is going up. It used to be like one in sixty and now it's one in fifty four. Um that number, the amount of children diagnosed is gets higher every single year. Um the social costs of autism right now is estimated at seven trillion dollars which is you know more than people in the world yes because there's only seven billion people in the world yes so the estimated cost for autism socially like like you know collectively is about seven trillion dollars that amount of money is expected to almost double to or actually double greater than double because it's expected to be by 2029, $15 trillion. We don't know about the statistic about how many children will be diagnosed annually or what the, what the ratio will be for children di- to be diagnosed with autism, you know, in 2029. But at, at the rate it's going, you know, it could be like 1 in 30, um, which, you know, I'm not saying we need treatments for. I'm saying we need supports for Um there needs to be better support for people on the spectrum. And here's why. As of as of 2019, about 41% of people on the spectrum are nonverbal. It means four out of every 10 are nonverbal. Six out of every 10 are verbal. Yes. In addition to that, nonverbal people on the spectrum are 40 times more likely to die from preventable injuries. Which makes sense because they're not able to tell you anything. They can't communicate. Also, there's there's also wandering is an issue. Uh, 49% of people on the spectrum who are nonverbal tend to wander, which is scary. That's why we've gotten the angel sense for Joey, in addition to locking our house down like crazy people. Yeah, we, uh, we've had to add in uh, uh, a lock with the uh, deadbolt lock with the uh, key on both sides because he can turn uh, the actual bolt now. We've got the angel sense GPS, as we've said. So door alarms, door alarms, an yeah. ID, a medical ID bracelet. 
Um, all these things are things that can help if you do have a nonverbal child who wanders. And my best advice to you would be if you have a nonverbal child, just get these right away. Um, especially the ID bracelet, because if you're ever in an accident or something like that, um, hopefully the medic will check that and realize that this child is nonverbal and, you know, they'll understand that the child cannot communicate, may not understand that they're in fear and all these things, um, or may not even understand they're in danger. Um, the life expectancy for nonverbal people with autism is 36 years old. People without autism, the average life expectancy is 72. That's double. 36. Uh, I'm going to be 36 this year. To tell me my child is only expected to live to be my age right now at in my 30s is pretty... Disheartening. It's, yeah, it was, it was a really, it was a statistic that really hit home to me. And especially since our son's only going to be six here. Yeah. Very soon. Um, and again, that's, that's a life expectancy. That doesn't mean he will or will not. Yeah. And we don't know. He could have words by the time he's older. We don't know. We're, we're, we're not planning on him to talk. We're hoping that he, we're still going to hope that he does in a way. But we're preparing for as if he doesn't because we don't want to get our helps up. I One thing I hate, and this bothers me so much, is, and I know people mean well when they do this, but when they say, oh, so-and-so was nonverbal till they were this age, and now they do speeches all over the world. And that is great, and I'm so proud of that child, and I'm so proud of that family, but there's a better chance right now that my child probably won't be one of those people to grow up and do speeches. And I recognize that. That doesn't mean I'm writing him off. We're still going to speech. We still have speech at school. We're still working on using communication devices. We still have the AAC for him. We still use the PACs. We still work on signs. Everything and anything we can do, we're doing. Um, we have him in multiple therapies. It, But don't give families have kids on the spectrum false hope don't say oh this will be the year he starts talking because my cousin's neighbor's nephew's grandson did don't do that please no. it really it's really hard it's really really hard for parents to we don't have the luxury of when we live in the reality of if yeah exactly and we can't we can't worry about when we have to worry about if and we have to prepare either way and right now we're preparing because he's nonverbal at this moment. We're preparing for him to be nonverbal of his life. I am preparing to have him in speech till he's 100 if I have to um, or whatever. And she'll make sure she lives till 130 <laughs> to take him. And I will. <laughs> I will, too. My, my husband knows me uh, a little too well. But yeah. So, you know, the life. Ex and, and again, like I said, the the. The. um. 40 times more likely to die from preventable injuries with a life expectancy of 36. So it makes sense. Um, drowning, I know, is a big one. I know wandering is another one, which is really bad. That's why I say to parents um, to definitely get these mechanisms to keep your child safe. Uh, we will not. I would love to have a pool, but we will not get one because of Joey. I am afraid to get a pool because of him. Um there's a lot of things in my life that I will never have because my son, it's not safe. 
it would be an extra thing for us to worry about. So it's just, I would love to live on the beach or near the beach. And I'm afraid to do that because I'm afraid if he would wander, he would wander right into the water. Um, so it's not worth that risk. So we're not going to live near the beach. I'll never have that opportunity. Um, and please know I'm not complaining or whining. I'm just saying, like, these are things that autism parents have to, they have to give up on some of their dreams or they have to compromise on a lot of their dreams. And it's to keep their child safe. And that's what we have to do. We had to lock everything up. We had to childproof for Joey when he was six because that's when he started climbing and getting into everything. And it's kind of crazy because most parents, most families are out of childproofing at six. Yeah. And then there's us childproofing with a six-year-old. And childproofing cabinets that shouldn't have to be childproofed. Yeah. Yep. Um, 14% of adults on the spectrum have paid jobs. 14% of adults on the spectrum have paid jobs. 14%. That's an incredibly low number. I'm not sure what percentage of people on the spectrum go to college, but to only have 14% working, and I'm certain that that would be higher, but to only have 14% working a pay job is just kind of a terrible stat. I just, I think we're not, we're not there yet. Society just is not there yet. We need to become inclusive and we're not there. If only 14% of people on the spectrum are working, we're not, that's not good. That's terrible. That's a terrible stat. Um, housing, 49% of people on the spectrum, this is adults now, not children. 49% of people on the spectrum, adults specifically, live with a relative or a parent. So that's just, just under half. 27% are in a group home. Only 10% live independently. 8% are in an institution and 6% are other or unknown. I'm not sure if the other or unknown would mean homeless or living in a shelter. I'm not really sure what that would mean exactly. Yeah, the, um, what um, that 6% would fall in. Um, the numbers didn't specify anything else other than just other. Other un or unknown, yeah. Um, but. I mean, well, of course, 49% of adults on the spectrum are going to have to live with a parent if only 14% can have a paid job. You know, that's, that's a, again, that's a terrible stat. What are we doing here? Where, how are we becoming an inclusive society? 95% of people on the spectrum, this is children and adults, have comorbid conditions. They have other conditions besides just autism. The average person with autism has 4.9, so between 4 and 5, other diagnoses. Uh, we can attest to that with our son, Remy. Remy has autism, ADHD, oppositional defiant disorder, ODD, and anxiety. So he has four other conditions, and we don't know if he has depression going on with that either. We're, we're questioning that. Um, but yeah, we have, we have four diagnoses for one kid at just in our house. And this is, this is our child who is more, um, high functioning 
on the spectrum. Yeah. yeah. The, the star and, child and who I, can talk. He, he does well in school. He, he has the potential to be one of the 51% that is not living at home. He has the potential to be one of the 14% that has a paid job. Says more, he probably will fall under both of those numbers, but he's still got plenty of other problems to work through that, you know, are just part of his life. Another thing is people on the spectrum, they're four times higher um, of having unmet health care needs. There's there's a higher chance that they have unmet health care needs as far as having some kind of GI trouble that's not being treated properly. Or again, anxiety masking is autism or obsessive compulsive disorder masking is autism or whatever it is. Um that's that's again that's another thing that we really need to look at um the next number i'm going to shout out i've seen two different stats on and i think one might be from 2019 i think the other one might be from this year from 2020 or 2021 sorry um one is 53 percent have sleep issues the most recent one i saw said 59 percent of people on the spectrum have sleep issues um in our house, 100% of the people who have autism have sleep issues. Yeah. In this house. Uh, Joey wakes up at least once a week still in the middle of the night. Um, thankfully, most of them have been on weekends where I can get up and help since I work uh, overnights. We've also had Joey tested for sleep apnea. Um, well, we tried. Yeah, we'll talk about that more in another episode. Um, we'll get more into that in that process, but there there is a concern that he may have sleep apnea. Um, our oldest son Remy does not sleep very well. He his anxiety and he he other still things. yeah. He's if it's too dark, he can't sleep. If it's too bright, he can't sleep. He has to have certain things just right. If it's too quiet, he can't sleep. If it's too loud, he can't sleep. He. He struggles with falling asleep. He struggles with staying asleep. He has nightmares. So, you know, both of my children have sleep issues. And it's hard for me as a mom. Another thing, another stat, 40% of people on the spectrum have anxiety. Again, are we shocked by this? Is, is anybody surprised by the stat? I am not. Um, I mean, it every day. yeah, it's Jeremy. Um, Remy is definitely a child with anxiety. Um, we're going through some things right now that we're going to talk about in a later episode too. I think that um, we're do we're having to do some more things to to address his anxiety because it's gotten more severe, especially due to the pandemic and everything. But yeah, forty percent of people on the spectrum have anxiety. That's a very high number. Thirty eight percent of people on the spectrum have seizures. Which is another statistic that I think is important to throw out there because it's just another concern and it's just another issue. And, and, it, and that in itself can make having a job, driving a car, living independently difficult if you have a seizure, a seizure disorder. That's something that a lot of times you need somebody else around just in case. You do need medical help. But yeah, these are just some really interesting stats that I've come across with autism. And I guess the question is this. How do we change it? How do we fix these numbers? How do we make it better? I know we can't control the amount of people who have autism. And I think the increase in diagnosis is actually a good thing. 
because I think that that's due to a lot of early screening. It's due to early screening. It's due to research. It's in understanding. Uh, it's simply put, you know, this is autism acceptance month or awareness month. It's that's the sign of awareness, which will lead to acceptance, which will lead to inclusion, which will lead to unification. These are all wonderful things that we're looking forward to. Uh, we have got a lot of awareness out there. We're working on acceptance and we need to improve that. And when we get to inclusion, a lot of these numbers will improve. Yes. Um, I, I hope that by the time my children are adults, I hope I see that for 14% of people on the spectrum having pay jobs be more like 40%. Yeah. I would love to see that. And I understand that not everybody on the spectrum will be capable of working. Please, please know that I do realize that. Like, uh, like we, we understand that all too well, just with Joey. But I also understand that there's a lot of people on the spectrum who are capable of working. And it's just hard to hire them because they're not the mold that everyone else is. That they're, you know what I'm saying? I do. Do you know yes. how to explain it? Uh, they're not. Because they're not neurotypical, they are not the ones who uh, a lot of customers might seek out in a store. They're also not the ones that uh, autom- that employers autom- in a job interview would automatically gravitate towards. That's where we need acceptance and inclusion. That is where things will improve. And the, a big problem has been the pandemic shutting so much down around the world. Well, these stats are pre-pandemic. These stats are pre-pandemic. They, I guarantee you they've gotten worse because of the pandemic. I, that number of 14% have paid jobs is probably lower now because just because the jobs went away. That, that's just the ones who managed to get jobs. Oh, I'm, I'm sure of it. Um, and again, there's, you know, there's people on the spectrum who can do amazing things. Like I could see Remy doing some analytical work you know, like computer and thing work like that. Um, the thing is, is he's not a person who connects with people easily because he's on the spectrum because he has anxiety, and that's what I'm. My fear is as a parent that's going to hinder him. So we're going to do everything we can to change these numbers and to make these numbers better. And again, the life expectancy, thirty six years old, that hit hard. I think that stat hit us pretty hard. Um as parents to think that there's a good chance that we may outlive one of our children yeah. because of something preventable. Um, yeah. And I mean, as we're recording this, you know, this, th- this hits your podcatchers on Sunday, uh, April 18th, Joey will be six, three days later. Uh, he'll be six on Wednesday, the 21st. We'll both be 36 later this year over the our birthdays over the summer so we're talking it if he hits that exactly we only have 30 more years that's great and now it that's not exact exact something yeah it's an estimate it's an estimate because some are some are younger and some are older but 36 is way too young to lose any group of people exactly um and it makes you wonder you know what are we doing are the parents just that exhausted is there just not enough resources is there just not enough safety mechanisms but um i'm also hopeful that that number will change because we have better stuff out there for people who wander and things like that in um we have gps trackers with with water detection now 
um, and other things. So there's all kinds of, there is all kinds of mechanisms to help with this. And I want to come back and I want to revisit these statistics or in a couple years, uh, hopefully maybe two years is my goal, is to come back and revisit these statistics and have better numbers. I, wa- I want to have better numbers. I want to have lower numbers for the bad things and higher numbers for the good things. Um, that is my goal as a podcaster here. That, you know, to raise awareness, to raise advocacy, to help the caregivers and to help the people who are struggling. And I mean, it's one in 54 have a diagnosis of some kind. They're part of our lives. They're part of your lives. Let's make it better for them. Well, that's just autism. Now, nah, that's just yeah. Again, that's just autism. Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't include uh, and yeah, that number and, is expected to grow. Yeah, and that doesn't include any other uh, neuro, uh, neurological, neurological disorders, disorders. Yeah, and there's a lot of them. And you know, I don't know. We just we know people who are struggling with all kinds of things, and we just want to make the world a better, more inclusive place. But definitely, definitely for autism. Again, this is Autism Awareness and Acceptance Month. And we definitely need more acceptance. We definitely need more advocacy. We need inclusion. We need it all. We're almost there, guys. We're almost there. We've got to keep going, though. Right? Yeah. We Even when we, you know, if we get fully to acceptance, we need to keep pushing for inclusion. And if we get full inclusion, we need to keep pushing for unification. Just, you know, the goalposts will we'll keep moving. But that's just because we want something better for all of us. Exactly. Um, And with that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode. I want to thank you all for listening so much. I know some of these stats seem pretty grim. I know they do to us as parents. However, um, I believe that things can get better. I believe that we are moving towards a better world. And um, I do just want to thank you all for listening. Jeremy, tell them where to find us. Uh, if you uh, reach out on the social media platforms, we are on Facebook at Caregiver Chronicles, Twitter at CaregiverCron1, and Instagram, Caregiver Chronicles2. Uh, you can find us on the website withmywifepod.com, or you can reach us by email at caregiverchroniclespod at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave a message for us on Anchor at anchor.fm, where we uh, record our podcasts. Um, and, uh, you know, you can hear our podcatcher, our podcasts on many different podcatchers from Anchor and Spotify and Apple and Google to some of the lesser known ones as well. Uh, we're out there. We're on Pandora. We're on Amazon Music's podcast now. We are out there. Please, if you if you think we can help somebody uh, share this with them, it, it we appreciate we are just looking to help as many people as possible yes and if we're not on a platform that they use that and you think they need to hear us and we're not on a platform they use reach out to us and we will do what we can to get on that platform we'll share other platforms too um also we're on youtube now uh uh, yes uh our last episode interview with uh joanne quinn the executive director of the autism project project based in Rhode Island. Uh, uh, just, uh, we got that put up on YouTube as well. So yeah, there are ways you can, you'll still be able to hear us. Even if you don't typically listen to podcasts, uh, it's, but even if you just turn on your computer to YouTube and you search, uh, with my wife pod is where that is going to be located. And it's under the caregiver Chronicles playlist. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. Um, You can also find our YouTube page on our website as well, I believe. If not, we'll have a link to it. Um, 
And also through our website with My Wife Pod, you can find our merch store where you can check out Caregiver Chronicles merchandise, which is a great way to help support this podcast. Um, and that's it. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.